We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go. Episode 670 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. The day before, we have the Commanders versus the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football. And the game is sold out. Yes, sold out. Uh, the Commanders made the announcement on Twitter, on X, if you prefer. Uh, on Tuesday afternoon. So the commanders under the ownership of the Josh Harris group now are three for three in terms of selling out regular season games. And the commanders and Metro on Tuesday announced, quote, a five-year promotional agreement, end quote. And Metro is providing late night service support Thursday night. Funny what new ownership can do. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Good to know that FedEx Field will be sold out on Thursday night, unlike Tropicana Field (laughs) on Tuesday. Did you see this? So the MLB playoffs got going on Tuesday with four best of three wildcard series game ones. Among them, the Texas Rangers winning at the Tampa Bay Rays for nothing. Uh, the winner of this series, by the way, will face the number one seed in the American League playoffs, the Orioles, in an American League division series. But the announced attendance for Rangers-Rays game one was 19,704. Lowest attendance for an MLB postseason game since the 1919 World Series. Other than during COVID. It had been more than a hundred years <laughs> since we had what we had at Tropicana Field on Tuesday. Coming up on the show, lots on the commanders. Uh, as you may have noticed, the normal routine for this podcast this season had become the show for Wednesday in a game week in which the commanders have a Sunday game featuring conversations with a commanders-related guest and an opponent-related guest. Well, because of the modified schedule for the commanders this week, we're going to do what we would normally do on a Wednesday show on Thursday's show because the commanders on Tuesday conducted a walkthrough, a jogthrough, Uh, And both head coach Rod Rivera and quarterback Sam Howell spoke to reporters on Tuesday, which normally is a day on which there is no practice and there are no press conferences. So bottom line, next segment, uh, I'll discuss where we stand with the commanders from a health standpoint uh, going into their game against the Bears on Thursday night. Just a few days removed from the commanders 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday afternoon. And I'll get into comments from Ron Rivera at his post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, including Ron on why the team's second round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft defensive back Quan Martin has not played on a single defensive snap so far this regular season. And then after that, I'll talk commander's offense of various items from Ron and from Sam Howell from his pre-practice press conference on Tuesday, including Sam on his uh, oh-so-nice bounce-back performance in that overtime loss at the Eagles, and a lot regarding the play-calling 
of Commander's Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bienemy. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi Podcast at Yahoo.com. Tweet from Don on something that has been making the rounds on the internet, a slow-mo of the Eagles' tush-push play in their overtime win over our commanders on Sunday afternoon. Fourth and one for the Eagles at the 50. Quarterback Jalen Hurts, a two-yard under center quarterback sneak on a tush-push play uh, on which the play (laughs) is an absolute mess in terms of players appearing to be offside. You could argue that both teams were offside. Right, Don, how is this not a false start? How can teams stop this if the Eagles are moving forward before the ball is snapped? Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Don. Yeah, man, the play is absolute chaos. Now, I don't know that this is specific to the tush-push play. Like, this might be the case on a normal quarterback sneak play, but I have watched the play a bunch of times. Good luck assessing who is and isn't offside. Just look at Commander's interior defensive lineman Duran Payne and Eagles left guard Lane Dickerson. Duran <laughs> has his hand under the ball before it is snapped. And Dickerson, what he does is outrageous. He is across the line of scrimmage as the ball is being snapped. The whole thing is absurd, and this is part of why I want the commanders doing the tush-push. The play works and is borderline impossible to officiate. Why isn't our team doing the tush-push? Give us the tush-push. Email from Jack L. on Rod Rivera in this overtime loss at the Eagles. Going for the extra point and the tie as opposed to going for the two-point conversion and the win. I have not killed Ron for not going for two, but I have said that, generally speaking, the right move is for a team in the commander's predicament, i.e. being the lesser team, to go for two. And advancing two yards for a game-winning two-point conversion is a lot easier than winning out over a superior team in overtime, especially in a game in which the commander's defense was having major problems. And the reason that Ron, in his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon, gave for not going for two, that the commander's offense was fatigued, doesn't make a lot of sense when you consider that one more play is more doable for a fatigued team than an overtime period is. Uh, Right, Jack. You are 100% right with your reasoning. The Durskins should have gone for two. Given the way that our defense in the second half was being moved on by the Eagles offense, going for two was our best chance to win. As Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. Also, Ron needs to stop talking his team down and show some confidence and belief in his players. If I may add, and I might be alone on this, but my impression is that Ron is too content with an end of regulation tie. I thank you for following sports in detail as you do so that I do not have to. A Galdi podcast a day keeps the sports page away. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for that, Jack. Uh, You are correct. You do play to win the game. You play to win the game. Yes, thank you, Herm. Uh, Ron Rivera, in his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, gave a much better explanation for not going for two. He explained how he talked about the decision to not go for two with a variety of people on his staff. I thought that that was a more acceptable explanation. And it is interesting that Ron, at his recent press conferences, has not brought up what he said three years ago about a similar situation. October 18th, 2020, the then Washington football team fell to 1-5 and five in the 2020 regular season with a 2019 loss at the New York Giants. Uh, Ron went for two with Washington having pulled within one at 2019 with 36 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, the two-point conversion attempt failed, and Ron, during his post-game press conference, gave his explanation of where a team plays, factoring into a decision to go for two. Quote, I believe overtime favors the home team, but when you're on the road, my mentality is if you're down there and you need two yards, you have to go for it, end quote. Um, I thought that that explanation was a little fukakta, okay? Like where you're playing shouldn't factor into your strategy in terms of going for two or not. I don't think so anyway. Uh, But this exact situation was the situation this past Sunday afternoon. Commanders on the road 
a chance to get the win via converting on a two-point conversion try. Uh, but Ron did not go for two. Uh, once again, Ronnie's. Uh, my word or the language of Rod Rivera, Ronnie's. And one of the principal tenets of Ronnie's is what Ron says in one moment may not exactly apply <laughs> to another moment. Well, here's something that always applies. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices, and false advertising. Heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region, and Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, Call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. A salute to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate this podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot, so thank you very much for doing them. Uh, things for an NFL team in a short week during a regular season, move at like warp speed. Uh, such is the case for the 2-2 two and two Commanders as they prepare for their game against the 0-4 Chicago Bears at FedEx Field this Thursday night at 8-15. But, you know, in the midst of everything moving so fast, how about we slow things down and engage in a little reflection? Is that okay? You know, this is the second consecutive regular season in which the Commanders are facing the Bears on Thursday night football in October. Uh, October 13th, 2022, the Commanders improved to 2-4 and four with a 12-7 win <laughs> at the Bears on Thursday night football. A classic that game was not, but that game uh, did end up being a Commanders win. But do you remember what happened the morning of that game? It was on the morning of that game that ESPN came out with an explosive Peace regarding then, and I emphasize that word, then commander's co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder. The headline of the piece, quote, sources, commander's boss Snyder claims dirt on NFL owners Goodell, end quote. The piece made it clear that the NFL wanted Dan Snyder out as commander's owner. The piece said that Dan Snyder had claimed to have dug up dirt on other NFL owners and on NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. That's where the commanders were last season when they faced the Bears. A lot has changed since then. Commanders head coach Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon did a post-practice press conference during which we had this exchange between commanders insider Matthew Paris of the Washington Times and Ron. Last year at the time when you guys played the Bears, it was kind of like a hectic time for this organization, Snyder and everything. And you kind of look at what's happening with them 
with Chicago now, and it's kind of the opposite. I'm not necessarily asking you to weigh in on what's happening with Chicago, but in terms of like how fast things can change in a year, what do you kind of make of that as a head coach? Very fortunate. Um, you know, things have changed, and, and it's, it's been, you know, it's been different. It's been refreshing. Um, you know, as we talked about this a few weeks back, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, when you come in and your, your biggest concern, obviously, was the long snapper at that I remember that question, and, and when that's your biggest concern is a player or a position, you know, or something on the field, that's really cool. Um, and it's it's one of those things that you, um, you know, we're, 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 we're very fortunate to be where we are. I mean, um, what Mr. Harris and his group have brought is, has been um, a, a, a very different, and it's, um, you know, allowed me it's allowed us to, to, to keep the focus on football the players as it should be and and what what we do on the field amen <laughs> to that uh the commanders on tuesday afternoon put out an injury report they on tuesday afternoon conducted a walkthrough or a jog through as some prefer to call it <laughs> the first time that i ever heard that term jog through was when mike shanahan was the redskins executive vice president slash head coach he did not want guys walking he wanted guys jogging or is it jogging i'm not sure uh but mike called walkthroughs jog throughs i don't know if uh, mike invented the term jog through but he was the first person uh who i heard use that term receiver curtis samuel uh, he, for Tuesday afternoon's jog-through, uh, was listed as a limited participant in practice. He's dealing with a quadriceps issue. Receiver Jahan Dodson, he, for Tuesday afternoon, was listed as a limited participant in practice. He's dealing with an ankle problem. Running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., he, for Tuesday afternoon, was listed as a limited participant in practice. He's dealing with, or at least is coming off of, uh, an illness that had him inactive for the 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday afternoon. And corner Kristen Holmes, he for Tuesday afternoon was listed as a limited participant in practice. He's dealing with an ailing back. And then two commanders players have been on this week's injury reports, but as full participants in practice, corner Benjamin St. Juice due to his neck and defensive back Quan Martin due to a thumb. You know, the commanders, knock on wood, are actually pretty healthy four games into the team's regular season. And I did say, knock on wood, so it's okay to say that. Uh, A few things on two of the players who I just mentioned, Curtis Samuel and Quan Martin. So Curtis Samuel, he and the overtime loss at the Eagles had a nice game. He had seven receptions for 51 yards on eight targets. He had one carry, but for one yard and a touchdown. And he drew a defensive pass interference penalty in playing on 69% of the commander's defensive snaps, and the DPI that he drew came on a scoring drive. Uh, The drive that resulted in kicker Joey Sly's late second quarter 20-70-yard field goal, the eighth snap of that drive, the first snap after the first half two-minute warning, third and eight for the commanders at the Eagles 19. Curtis drew a nine-yard defensive pass interference penalty on corner James Bradbury. Uh, Curtis Samuel for the game was the fifth highest graded commander's offensive player per pro football focus with an overall grade of 71. Uh, PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. And then Quan Martin, uh, he ended up being a topic during Ron Rivera's post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon. The commanders took Quan in the second round of the 2023 NFL draft out of Illinois, but he over the commander's first four games this regular season has not played on a single defensive snap. Uh, Now, he for the 35-33 win at the Denver Broncos in week two was inactive due to a concussion, but Quan Martin in each of the commander's other three games this regular season has not played on a single defensive snap. This is Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on what's going on with Quan Martin. Well, he does. We do have high expectations for him, and it's just a matter of time. But you also got to consider the position he plays. I mean, you've got Defoe, and you've got Cam Curl, and you've got Percy Butler, who we drafted last year as well. So it's a good group of young guys. And when you got that many guys, the opportunities they're not, they're not going to come. But you know, we're trying to make sure he's ready that when that opportunity is there, that he gets the opportunity to go out and play and perform um, by being ready to go. We are just four games into the Commander's 17-game regular season, but the initial returns on the team's 2023 draft class are not great. Uh, The team's first-round pick, corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr., is coming off having been roasted 
in the overtime loss at the Eagles. Forbes in that game for Pro Football Focus was targeted 13 times, gave up nine catches for 197 yards. <laughs> I mean, that is something. Uh, the commander's second round pick, Quan Martin, has not played on a single defensive snap. The commander's third round pick, interior offensive lineman Ricky Stromberg, has played on four offensive snaps. The commander's fourth round pick, offensive lineman Braden Daniels, is on the reserve injured list. The commander's fifth round pick, edge defender K.J. Henry, has not played on a single defensive snap. The commander's sixth round pick, running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., has played on six offensive snaps. And the commander's seventh round pick, edge defender Andre Jones Jr., has played on four defensive snaps. Now, it is so early in each guy's tenure with the team. And some of these guys are playing on special teams. But if we're just evaluating what's happening right now, not a uh, stellar start for the Commanders' 2023 draft class. Here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on why some of the rookies are not playing more, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commanders insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. I think because we've got some pretty good guys in front of them, you know, um, we, we, we really like who Ricky Stromberg is, but, you know, Nick and and uh, and Kaz and... Um, and uh, Sadiq, you know, they've been doing a pretty good job. Uh, when there's an opportunity for those guys to play, they'll be ready to go. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, how it is. But, you know, we we, we, we draft, and just because you draft a guy in the second or third round doesn't necessarily mean he's an automatic starter, you know. Um, when I came into the league, guys that were drafting the second, third round weren't expected to play right away. Usually, the are expected to play right away were first-rounders, and that wasn't even all the time either. So I just think, you know, in, in, in a situation when you feel good about what you have in front, uh, what it does is give you very good depth. And you just got to continue to develop those guys and get them ready to go so that when their chance comes, you know, they have a chance. They have an opportunity to go out there and show you what they're capable of. And, you know, we feel really good about who these guys are. You know, Quan had a little bit of a setback uh, after the first game. You know, he went into the protocol and, and, and ended up missing a game and had to work himself back into, into playing shape and actually played very well last week on, on, uh, on special teams. He had two tackles, and we were talking about that as, as, a, as, a, as a group of us. Just thinking, you know, because when you watch young guys go out there and perform and you see them play on special teams, that's when they get your attention, especially defensive backs, defensive, you know, linebackers, defensive ends. If they perform on special teams and at a high level, you know that that, that, that kid's going to make an impact. And as an example, you talk about Defoe, you talk about Camp Curl, uh, you can talk about Percy. Those three guys, when they had their chances to go out and perform on special teams, they really did. And, and it just kind of told us they were going to be ready. And Cam Curl probably accelerated through that faster than anybody I've seen as far as a, a seventh round pick goes. You know, and the other two guys performed very well. And, you know, Defoe got on the field right away. And then last year, Percy did some stuff, and Percy got on the field, you know. So I think this is all part of the growth and development of, of guys. Again, just because you draft a guy high doesn't necessarily mean he's got to play right now if you've got a player in front of him um, that's doing a pretty good job. For a guy like that, is there a balance of trying to get him some defensive tasks in the rookie season? Or? No, there, there, there's, there is. I mean, you do want – to play these guys and and that's why you took them but when somebody's playing well you know you, you're not going to make change to make change for you know just say oh yeah well we trapped them we got to play them they got to earn the right to get on the field too they got to beat out whoever's in that position and you know um those guys that are in front of them are all very good football players at least we believe so well, things can change big time with drafted players who initially do not play much. Sea safety Derek Forrest. Uh, Washington took him in the fifth round of the 2021 NFL draft out of Cincinnati. Uh, he and his 2021 rookie regular season played on a grand total of 26 defensive snaps. But he last season busted out into being one of the commander's best defensive players. And he so far this regular season has played on every single one of the team's defensive snaps. Big difference from his rookie season. And while we're talking about the commander's secondary, uh, props to corner Kendall Fuller. Pro Football Focus on Tuesday named Fuller as part of PFF's first quarter all-pro team. And he was named to the first team, not the second team. Quote, on the field for 165 coverage snaps, Fuller has allowed just 41 receiving yards on seven receptions from 14 targets. He's been one of the best tacklers at the position, both in coverage and against the run, with his 11 tackles resulting in a defensive stop, ranking second at the position. End quote. 
Uh, Kendall Fuller, one of many key commanders players set to be unrestricted free agents this coming offseason, off to a really nice start this season. Uh, The commanders, of course, are coming off a tough loss in that overtime loss at the Eagles. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on if he gets the sense that his players are looking forward to playing another game so soon after their last game. I really do. Um, and, and it's a good feeling. It, it, it's been, you know, I've tried to talk to, to, to as many of the players as I can and, and just touch bases, see where everybody is. And the responses have been terrific. They really have. They've been tremendous. And it, there's a sense of, of eagerness right now. Um, you know, it's funny. I felt that on Wednesday. And I, I know I told you guys last week that I thought we had a good Wednesday. Um, I felt that way about yesterday, you know, coming in and just, you know, in, in less than 24 hours, they, they were back here. And, you know, it, it's it, it, it is there. There is this a little bit more maturity, I think, and and kind of in a really good way. Hey, good to hear that. Uh, I earlier this segment brought up the Commanders' win at the Bears on Thursday Night Football last October. That was an ugly win, but that was a win, and that win started a run of six wins in seven games for the Commanders. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on if he sees this game against the Bears on Thursday night as an opportunity to start a run. I do, but you know, to me, every week is an opportunity to get started. It really is. I mean, you know, it would have been outstanding to 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 to, to come away from the the Philly game with with the victory. I mean, because then you know, then then you have all that momentum um, validated, and 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 that's what we want to do is because you have that that momentum. Um, well, we've got to build on it now. So we've got a big challenge ahead. It's you know, this is a uh, a very hungry team coming in. So uh, you know, we've got we've got a big job ahead of us. Yes, you do. Uh, This 2023 NFL season so far has been like a screaming reminder of the NFL being a week-to-week league. So the commanders should assume nothing (laughs) in playing the 0-4 Bears on Thursday night. However, uh, you can not only assume, you can count on underdog fantasy being great. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is offering a limited-time enhanced special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $500 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. I, for this season, am making fantasy football picks for Commander's Games in terms of Underdog Fantasy's higher-lower totals. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is great. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers pick'em games by which you can win up to 20 times on your money in one day and offers pick'em insurance, which gives you a little wiggle room if you're not as confident in an entry. Uh, And when it comes to season-long fantasy, Underdog Fantasy offers a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be ultra-time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, few things in life go together as well as pizza and an NFL game day. Make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before NFL games. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave. Kind of like picking players for your fantasy team only with Little Caesars Pizza. You never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour of the week. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Well, as I got into late last segment, our commanders should by no means take any team lightly. Uh, But that said, The commanders in their game against the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field this Thursday night at 8-15 are facing a really bad team, maybe the worst team in the NFL so far this regular season. The Bears are 0-4. The Bears have the second worst point differential in the NFL, minus 62. If you go by the DVOA rankings, the Bears are 28th out of 32 NFL teams in total offense and are 31st out of 32 NFL teams in total defense. And also with that Bears defense, the Bears for this regular season are next to last in the NFL in lowest opponent yards per play, 6.11. Opposing teams against the Bears this regular season have a yards per pass attempt of 8.43 and 10 touchdown passes versus two interceptions. And so you wonder (laughs) what we might see. From the Commander's QB1 on Thursday night, Sam Howell. I don't want to assume anything, but Sam should have an opportunity to have a second consecutive very good game and a third very good game in four games. Uh, Sam on Tuesday did a pre-practice press conference that started shortly before 12 p.m. This was Sam on the Bears defense. Yeah, um, they're talented. Obviously, the record is what it is, but it's definitely not a team you can take lightly. Um, there's no easy games in the NFL, and they have a lot of really good players on their defense, and they fly around. Um, they play hard, and you can tell they want to win, and it's definitely a challenge for us, and we definitely have our hands full. They do a lot of good stuff schematically on defense as well, so it's it's definitely a, t- a tough defense. Um, and every, almost, I mean, every defense in the NFL is tough to play against, so you definitely got to be ready to go, and you got to prepare. Um, so, yeah, we're excited for the challenge. Consider this with Sam Howell. Uh, He, over four games this regular season, has taken an NFL-worst 24 sacks, uh, good for a sack percentage of 14.6, worst among all qualified quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, the Bears, they, over four games this regular season, have totaled a mere two sacks. Yeah, (laughs) you heard that right. Two sacks. That's it. This sets up for quite the battle on Thursday night. The most sacked quarterback in the NFL versus the worst sack generating defense in the NFL. This is the ultimate battle, the irresistible force against the immovable object. Uh, Which one will win out? I don't know. I hope uh, for our sake, it is the former, Sam, uh, as opposed to the latter, the Bears defense. Sam Howell in the 34-31 overtime loss at the Philadelphia Eagles this past Sunday afternoon did take five sacks, but he did a much better job of being quick with his decision-making. This was Sam on Tuesday on where he saw the quicker decision-making appear the most. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of everything. Um, and I think just being more decisive and when there is running lanes, taking it and just getting what I can. Um, and 
just trying to get the ball out quick. You know, that's always my mindset going into every single game, and I think I did a good job of it last game, and I'll continue to try to do a good job of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just credit to, to, to the guys I have around me. Uh, I think offensively we played overall, for the most part, a pretty good game. Obviously would have liked to, liked to finish it out and got the win. Um, but, yeah, definitely some things that we can build on. Um, and I think the main thing is we feel like we can play a lot better. Um, so we're excited to have an opportunity to play Thursday night. Well, who you play in the NFL matters a lot. Sam was really bad in the Commanders' 37-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills at FedEx Field in Week 3, but it is worth noting that the Bills for this regular season are number two in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Uh, Doesn't excuse Sam's performance, but that is some key context. Uh, And oh, by the way, Sam's very good bounce-back performance in the overtime loss at the Eagles this past Sunday afternoon. That performance came against an Eagles team that for this regular season, even off what Sam did this past Sunday afternoon, is number 10 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. Here was Sam on Tuesday on how he played in the overtime loss at the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I think I I did a decent job for most of the game. Um, Obviously, we came up short and I would would have liked to have made more plays and given us a chance to win. Um, but Philly's over with, and we're moving on to Chicago. Uh, got a short week, so been pretty busy trying to get ready to go for that. Um, we're excited. I thought that commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy in that overtime loss at the Eagles called a very good game. Uh, the commanders in that game went 8 of 17 on third downs and 2 of 2 on fourth downs. And so we, during head coach Rod Rivera's post-practice press conference on Tuesday afternoon, had this exchange between commanders insider J.P. Finley of NBC4 and Ron. The offense in Philly was really efficient. How much of that was maybe game plan specific and how much of that was, was Sam being more decisive playing faster? I think it was a very big I don't know, compliment to what they were doing. It, it was a little bit of both. Um, I think some of the game planning stuff was outstanding, and we, we, we really you know did take advantage of some, th- some things that, that EB was looking for. Um, but then part of it, too, was the way it was uh, it was operated. Um, the execution was really good, I thought, at times. And, and so I think that really spoke well to, you know, the guys practicing, preparing all week, you know, coming off of the uh, Buffalo game. I thought the guys came in and had a really good uh, Wednesday. So more on the job that Eric Bieniemy did in the overtime loss at the Eagles. You know the phrase first 15, as in a football team's first 15 offensive plays of a game? Uh, many times those plays are scripted. Uh, well, the commanders on Sunday afternoon were great on their first offensive drive. What was the opening drive of the game? A 14-play, 75-yard drive that consumed seven minutes, eight seconds off the clock, resulted in receiver Curtis Samuel's first quarter, second and goal, one-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run. Uh, this was Sam Howell on Tuesday on the importance of the opening script. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the first the first script, the first we call it the first 15, um, but yeah, the opening script of plays is, is, is very important. It sets the tone for the game, and usually those plays are the ones that you really like the best that week, um, and some things where you can kind of, see how they're relating to certain route combinations and certain coverages and just plays you really like and you know that they'll be good against the opponent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just want to go out there and, and try to set the tone early. Um, and I think I think uh, that was probably our first time scoring on the opening drive this year, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a big a big part of winning in the NFL is, is going out and setting the tone early. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll continue to do that. Another credit to Eric Bieniemy's play calling in the overtime loss at the Eagles was how wide open commanders receivers were at times, especially in the first half. When you see pass catchers running wide open, that's almost always a sign that the offensive play caller is calling a heck of a game. Second snap of the second quarter on a third and four for the commanders at their 41. Sam Howell had a 24-yard shotgun completion to receiver Terry McLaurin. Uh, Terry was wide open. Later in the second quarter on a third and four for the commanders at their 44, Sam had a 35-yard shotgun completion to receiver Diami Brown. Diami uh, was wide open on the right side. But something else that stood out with Eric Bieniemy's first half play calling on Sunday afternoon was how many more running plays the Commanders had as compared to their first three games of this regular season. The Commanders in the first half on Sunday afternoon had 21 passing plays 
versus 13 rushing plays. Uh, Still more passing plays than rushing plays, but a ratio of 21 to 13. The Commanders over their first three first halves of this regular season had 79 passing plays versus 21 rushing plays. So the Commanders on Sunday afternoon had nearly two-thirds as many first-half rushing plays as the team had over its first three games of this regular season. Sam Howe on Tuesday on why this was the case. Yeah, I mean, I think we always want to, you know, have more of a balanced attack. I think it's just kind of a flow of the game thing, and I think we were, we were running the ball well, and we were doing a good job on first and second down that allowed us to continue to keep that balance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's part of EB's plan every week is to try to have balance. You know, every every good offense has has balance, and that's definitely something we want to have. And it's just more of a how the game is going type of thing. Um, whether you can, whether you're running the ball well or not, and. You know, if you want to get away from running the ball, and then just, just it, it all depends week to week on how the game is going. But I think the plan every week is to have a balanced game plan. Yeah. So I have talked about this concept of balance before. I think that this is one of the most incorrect concepts in the NFL that teams should strive for offensive balance for as many passing plays as rushing plays. I don't agree with that. Uh, teams should strive to score as many points as possible, point blank, period. If that's by calling a ton of passing plays, fine. If that's by calling a ton of rushing plays, fine. As far as I know, there are no points awarded for balance. There are no wins awarded for balance. If you watched the commander's overtime loss at the Eagles, the two guys calling the game for Fox, Joe Davis and Daryl Moose Johnston, (laughs) they talked incessantly about the commanders needing to be balanced offensively. I wanted to scream (laughs) every time they said that. And understand, these television broadcast teams get a lot of their intel and a lot of their opinions from the head coaches. So I would not be surprised at all if Davis and Johnston emphasized this point about balance because the point was emphasized to them by the head coach of the commanders, Ron Rivera. Uh, Offensive balance isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the way that it gets celebrated in the NFL is ridiculous. And the celebrating reeks of this antiquated mentality regarding offense in the current NFL. I mean, Sam Howell in the first half on Sunday afternoon went 13 of 17 for 161 yards. He averaged a terrific 9.47 yards per pass attempt. Based on that, you could argue that Eric Bieniemy in the first half on Sunday afternoon should have called more passing plays, that the offense was too balanced. Uh, more from Sam Howell in moments, but the Game Time app, uh, it gives you great deals on tickets to Commanders games, Capitals games, Wizards games, whatever you're looking for. Download the Game Time app and use the promo code ALGALDI. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Game Time offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee. So you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on Game Time looking at tickets for Commander's Games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Game Time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code, Al Galdi, for $20 off your first purchase.
What time is it? It's game time. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So also from Sam Howell in the overtime loss at the Eagles was him running a good bit. Six carries for 40 yards. Uh, This off him over the commander's first three games this regular season, totaling just five carries for 42 yards. Uh, Sam on Tuesday on if him running more was by design. It's not by design. Uh, I think they were all, I mean, obviously they were all scrambles. There were no, there's no design quarterback runs. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things just throughout the game and it just happens. Um, And whether I might just see a hole and I think there was some, I think the way they rushed the passer, maybe there was just a few extra running lanes that I noticed throughout the game. Um, But, you know, obviously my first thought is to try to keep my eyes downfield and get and throw the ball to some, to one of my playmakers down the field. But it's just one of those things that just happens week to week. I do think that there's a lot more that can be gained via Sam Howell as a runner. He has had some impactful runs, but he hasn't had many runs. I feel like there's more that the commanders can and should be doing with him as a runner. Well, the quarterback who the commanders will be facing on Thursday night, the Bears, Justin Fields, uh, he knows a thing or two about running. Uh, Fields for the 2022 regular season was seventh in the NFL in rushing yards, 1,143. As you may remember, there was a good bit of talk of Washington potentially trading up from the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft to take Justin Fields. It ended up being that the Bears traded up from the number 20 overall pick to the number 11 overall pick to take Fields. I ask you this right now, would you as a Commanders fan prefer having Justin Fields as the team's QB1 instead of Sam Howell? (laughs) Uh, No, me neither. You know, Fields did have a big game in the Bears' last game, their 31-28 home loss to the Denver Broncos this past Sunday afternoon in a game in which the Bears blew a 28-7 third quarter lead. But Fields for this regular season is 28th out of 32 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR. Sam Howell is 18th. This was Sam on Tuesday on if he at all measures himself against a fellow young quarterback when facing off with him in a game. No, I wouldn't say I do. Um, I really don't measure myself up against anyone else in the league. Um, you know, I just try to be the best version of myself, the best player that I can be each and every week, um, and, and kind of just let my play do the talking. But I don't, I don't look and try to say I'm trying to be better than whoever. Uh, but yeah, Justin's a heck of a player, and he. He's, he's done some really good things, had a good week last week. Um, so we'll, we definitely have our hands full with him, but it'll, it'll be a fun matchup. So the Commanders on Thursday night will be playing a second game in a span of five days. But given the wild and emotional nature of the team's last game, the 34-31 overtime loss at the Eagles this past Sunday afternoon in a game in which the Commanders blew a 17-7 second quarter lead, but also overcame a late fourth quarter 31-24 deficit. Could it be that playing another game so quickly is a good thing? Uh, Sam Howell on Tuesday on that. Yeah, for sure, especially after a loss. You know, the, the first thing that everyone wants to do is they want to get back on the field um, and kind of get this feeling feeling out, out, out of their body. And I think everyone, you know, wants to go, back, go out there and try to get back on track. Um, and so we're excited. We have a short week, so we, we can't really think about the Philly game too much just because we have so much preparation to do in a short amount of time to get ready for Thursday night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's good, good for us that we have this Thursday night game this week. Um, so hopefully we can go out there and – and put our best foot forward and have a chance to win. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, This was Sam Howell on Tuesday on handling what is the first regular season short week for him as an NFL QB1. Yeah, it's it's a little different. Um, You know, you don't have have all the practices that you usually have in a normal week. Um, But yeah, just being here last year and going through that same short week with the the Thursday game last year in Chicago, I kind of got a good sense of what it's like. Um, And we had some some Thursday night games in college as well. Uh, obviously, you get the one extra day because you play on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, it's it's different. Um, you, you don't have near as much time to prepare, but you just got to, you know, put a little more time in and you might have some later nights than you usually would on a normal week, but you just got to do whatever it takes to make sure you go into the game fully prepared. Um, I think we've done a really good job of that so far. And the good news for the Commanders is that they, after this game against the Bears, do get a mini-bye week. Uh, The Commanders' next game won't be until a game at the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday afternoon, October 15th 
at one. But you know, this game for the Commanders against the Bears on Thursday night is an opportunity for Washington to do something that the team has not done since November 2017. Score at least 30 points in each of at least two consecutive regular season games. <laughs> uh, November 2017. That is the last time that Washington scored at least 30 points in each of at least two consecutive regular season games. Here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on the response of the Commander's Eric Bieniemy coordinated offense from the three-point performance in the loss to the Bills via the 31-point performance in the overtime loss at the Eagles. I, I think a lot of what's happening is is everybody's kind of still learning. We're still in that phase. I mean, you, you can say all you want about having OTAs, minicamp, training camp, preseason games. But now with the actual games itself, now you know exactly what you got, what you're doing out there, and you feel as if everything's coming together. And it's 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 really kind of cool to watch because, you know, especially last week, I thought there was, there, there, you know, in EB's play calling, you could see it just he's just rattling off, going from one play to the next, understanding exactly what he wants and how he wants to attack. I mean, it's it's been it's been really cool to watch. And one more for you from Sam Howell on Tuesday. This was him on if anything has surprised him four games into the Commander's 17-game regular season. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't say anything surprised me. Um, I, I just think, you know, we, we, we lost some games that we could have won. Um, and obviously, you know, we're 2-2 we're two and two right now. We have an opportunity this week to, you know, kind of get back on track and, you know, take another step as far as where we want to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the four games that we played are kind of behind us, um, and those don't really matter anymore. It's all about Thursday night and, and this next game. It's the most important game of our season. Um, that's how it'll be every single week. Um, so that's just kind of how we're looking at it. And that is the right way to look at the season. And catering by Uptown is the right way to go if you have a big event that you're planning. Uh, look, if you have a big event that you're putting together and you want the event to be good, go with catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. Uh, no experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com that's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. And that will do it for you and me for now. Get the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 671. We'll provide you with more on the Commanders as it will be a special Commanders pregame show installment of the podcast with our team having a game on Thursday night, uh, home to the Chicago Bears, Thursday night at 8.15. I will present to you my rhyming keys for a Commanders win. I also will have two great guests on the show, Commanders insider Ben Standig of The Athletic and Zach Pearson. Bears insider for BearReport.com and co-host of the Bear Report podcast. A big show on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. You play to win the game.